0: no 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 not at all not at all no yeah yeah yeah
1: Okay, let's just do it. Fuck it. <laughs> it's so I've done so little preparation for this episode. Yeah,
0: but that's how we roll.
1: I know. I was actually thinking the podcast started by the way. I was actually thinking that the name of the our show, Movies Last Night. This episode that we're going to do today is pretty much the epitome of what that means because I watched the. I I got home from work last night. It was probably about eleven o'clock. Walked the girls for a bit. Had a beer. Sat down in bed. Watched the movie till about two a.m., fell asleep, and woke up right now, like right, like probably like fifteen minutes ago. Woke up to do the episode. So literally, movies last night. <laughs> well, that's good. That that's
0: the whole point. That's the whole point.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're actually living up to the moniker on this one. Yeah. Usually, it's like movies last week that was seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I have literally no plans. Nothing. I have nothing for this episode. But I am looking at something on the internet here. The Sunday Comics or Sunday Strip is the comic strip section carried in most Western newspapers, almost always in color. Many newspaper readers call the section the Sunday Funnies or the Funny Papers or simply the Funnies. The first U.S. newspaper comic strips appeared in the late 19th century, closely allied with the invention of the color press. Jimmy Swinerton's The Little Bears introduced sequential art and recurring characters in William Randolph Hearst's San Francisco Examiner. In the United States, the popularity of colour comic strips sprang from the newspaper war between Hearst and Joseph Pulitzer. Some newspapers, such as Grit, publish Sunday strips in black and white, and some, mostly in Canada, print their Sunday strips on Saturday subject matter and genres have ranged from adventure detective and humor strips to dramatic strips with soap opera situations such as Mary Worth, a continuity strip employs a narrative and an ongoing storyline other strips offer a gag complete in a single episode such as little iodine a little lodine and mutton jeff the sunday strip is contrasted with the daily comic strip published monday through saturday usually in black and white Many comic strips appear both daily and Sunday. In some cases, as with Little little Orphan Annie telling the same story daily and Sunday. In other cases, as with The Phantom telling one story in the daily and a different story on Sunday. Some strips, such as Prince Valiant, appear only on Sundays. Others, such as Rip Kirby, are daily and have never appeared on Sunday. In some cases, such as Buzz Sawyer, the Sunday strip is a spin-off focused on different characters' Other than in the daily, okay. So that's a long way of going around the history of funny pages or Sunday strips or what have you. Did you ever read these grown up? Um, I did,
0: like, like uh, Far Side, Calvin and Hobbes. Or that's probably that's probably most of it right there. I didn't really follow anything like that. I was never really into comic books or. Uh, that kind of narrative i tried uh probably in the early 2000s maybe
1: late 90s early 2000s i'm about the same i've never really had too much of an affinity for comic books or comic strips i definitely didn't read them in the papers at all as a kid it wouldn't like wouldn't be like my grand like my grandfather used to keep newspapers for me but it was mainly like football stuff that kind of thing I never would get them and read the comic strips, at least not to my knowledge. And then growing up, I've never really had too much of an affinity for comic books at all. I appreciate the art in them. And sometimes I like occasionally, very rarely over the years, I'll go to like the local comic book shop that we have here and I'll go in and I'll just thumb through some of the stuff. Cause I like looking at the art, but I'm never, I'm not going to buy one and start reading. I it.
0: was going to say the exact same thing is like, um, cause I went to school initially. I went to school to get an art degree um, because I enjoyed painting um, and illustration as far as just like uh, the human form, um, but I I just I kind of I shifted ab- about the middle of college uh, to English, and whenever I was like either looking at uh, comics or graphic novels or something like that, it was never because of the story. It w- I was more if I s- if I saw something that I was found uh appealing visually i would gravitate towards it and i would just start flipping through it because i just like the art of it you know and and i never really concern myself with the stories at all
1: that's kind of how i feel about animation too in general i'll watch some animated features but i don't watch things like funny guy or south park or i don't know why it's and i know a lot of people who will watch like every episode of the simpsons ever made I can put it on and watch one episode, but I get tired after it. After one, and I'm like, okay, that that was good, but I'm not going to keep doing it. I watched The Simpsons for a while, but I was younger.
0: Um, and honestly, if I go back to any type of cartoon or animation uh, now, today, it, I, it would be King of the Hill, just because that show cracks me up for some reason. I just I can laugh at any episode of King of the Hill. Um, but anything else?
1: No, not really. A lot of us in our frame group talk about King of the Hill or like use King of the Hill memes and references. I need to really check that out.
0: I take that back. I
1: did really enjoy
0: Rick and Morty. I didn't think it, like when it was like really popular in the beginning, I didn't get it. And then I watched it and it's super subversive and uh, it, it really kind of cracked me up with what it was doing. So
1: I'll, I'll, ref- I'll, Put an asterisk and say I I did enjoy Rick and Morty. I think, like you mentioned, they're subversive. I think that there was over the period of time. Now I'm not a an historian, and this isn't. This is just based off a movie I watched last night and me trying to fill in the pieces. But I think I'm guessing what happened was you would have these funny pages in the in the Sunday paper, which kind of spread off into having like this counterculture subversive movement. I'm guessing probably towards through the 60s, 70s with mad magazine that kind of style. I think as one form of comic books broke off and started to get more and more polished in doing the like kind of like the superhero noble adventure that kind of style. Then on the flip side on the underground you'd have this kind of anti-form, these kind of grotesque. You know like Fritz the Cat. I'm just trying to like piece this together in my head, but I think that would be one of them like that.
0: Crum I mean, c- comes to mind immediately.
1: Yeah. And I actually, did you watch that movie about Crumb? Yeah. With Paul Giamatti.
0: Oh, well, no, that was American Splendor with with uh, uh, Pecker. His, was his last name? Or Picard? I'm not sure how he pronounced it.
1: That sounds familiar.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then Crumb was just a documentary about uh, Crumb and his family, his, his very
1: dysfunctional family. So I guess over time, then you'd have the, the these super simplistic, but still very, I mean, impressive. Yeah, it's like the punk rock version of comic books, I suppose. Where it was going, the mainstreams going the Marvel DC route, and then we're going to do like foul or uh, offensive or politically driven social commentary or whatever, or absurdism through through these, and then. I guess they found an audience. Now, I don't think that audience is very big, and I don't think that audience is probably stuck around, which is actually will come up in the film we're going to talk about today. Like the, the decline in value and some some of these historical pieces of work in that medium due to the supply and demand. Very niche, very kind of, this is stuff you have to really seek out. It doesn't appeal to me, I'm going to be honest. Neither of them haven't appealed to me. I think the last time I read a comic book, or I'm sure somebody, if they're listening to this, who's like super into these books, is going to be like correcting us the whole way, being like, well, that's the wrong term.
0: I'm sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and rightfully so, you know. I mean, we're, we're just going into it as movie watchers. We're not going into it as
1: comic historians. It's just, it's impossible. We're trying to understand the universe that this movie's in and in, in the themes that it has in like that's what's nice about talking about movies is you're like okay well how do i have any frame of reference for what they're talking about in this and then like you're trying to learn a little bit about about like what their the theme of this movie is so yeah i can imagine a lot of people might be a bit like oh you're totally wrong but i think the, the last one i actually read and i think it's a graphic novel is that book saga
0: yeah yeah, I read uh, I read a couple of volumes of Saga when it first came out because a lot of people were talking about it.
1: Same, and it was actually on one of those visits to the comic book store on on a whim that I saw the art specifically for that, and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy the first issue of this, like the not the issue of the actual comic book, but you know, like the compendiums that they do, the, like the. So I got the first one, and then I I think I went through three or four, or five of them. And I, I guess they went on hiatus, the creators of that book, for a while, and it just came back not so long back. But I kind of fell off, and I probably will never, ever pick it back up again. It's something that you, just like if you're listening to
0: music, you, or if you love music or something like that, or movies, um, you gravitate towards it, and you want to dig and dig and dig into it. You want to, you're like, okay, I like this style, Let's go a little bit deeper. Let's look at where this style came from and where that style, and you you just go down the rabbit hole of it because it's like a, it's a passion. It's like anything else. You just, it makes sense. I'll say that like looking at this, like looking at the style, looking at the art, um, looking at the history, it just makes sense to you. And that's what kind of attracts you to it that's the same with music, movies, any type of media. Um just because you would like one doesn't mean you're going to like them all uh sort of thing. So I guess I, I guess that's kind of where uh comic book readers, you know, or graphic novel readers or anything like that that's
1: where they fall into. The movie we're going to be talking about today is a movie called Funny Pages. Obviously it's called Funny Pages. We just spent 30 minutes trying to talk about what funny pages are. <laughs> this movie Definitely flew under my radar, Eric. The only time I saw this... I saw a trailer for this movie, I would say about two or three months ago. And it was through Instagram. And it was through following A24. Because this movie, shocker of all shockers, is an A24 movie. But what's interesting is this is an A24 movie that whilst it did release a small theatrical run, it also went directly to streaming at the same time, uh, like to pay-per-view. What's funny is it definitely shows the despondency or like if that's the right word or the discrepancy in promotional elements of A24 right now because I feel like I couldn't escape bodies 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 anywhere I couldn't escape it It was like all over social media blowing up and they were really throwing themselves behind that movie this movie on the other hand I feel was kind of just buried now I don't know if that's 100% true but the promo that I saw for it was so small. And it was only the other day when Eric and I, we were it's nobody it's no surprise to anybody that right now the movie theater is an absolute wasteland. There's nothing to go and see. If if you're talking mainstream releases, AAMC. It has been that way for a couple of weeks. And we were planning to go and do something, but we kinda as a consensus, we all backed out and we're like, Oh, we can't be bothered to watch these specific movies, <laughs> namely the The Invitation, Ugh. Beast, Three Thousand Years of Longing, which apparently is pretty good. Now we'll get round to it at some point. But There was nothing there for us, really. So we just decided to do our usual, you know, pick something on the the last minute. And then as we were talking about that, like a screenshot or something, a picture of the director of this movie came up on A24 on my Instagram feed. And I was like, okay, let's just do this movie. And so like more or less blind. I knew it was kind of a quirky comedy, but that's pretty much all I knew about it. How about you, Eric? Any? any
0: No, I mean, I probably I was aware of it um, probably about the same time as you. Uh, and it, and I think I put it in my letterbox uh watch list, you know, just so I re- would remember it because I do that with a handful of things. I'll just I'll just add a bunch of stuff to my watch list just so I remember. Um, and I watched the trailer. It looked we'll get into it. It, it, it looked like it would yeah just be a, a fun little indie comedy sort of thing. So. Um, there was, but there was nothing where I was like super hyped to see it. And it it looks like, like early a 24 releases, you know, like, like, like big, like
1: beginning days sort of thing. But once again, we'll get, we'll get into that. I have actually quite a lot to say about this movie stylistically too but to set the scene a little bit okay so who directed funny pages so i'll read out a little bit brief bio from imdb for the director the director's name is owen joseph klein he is an american filmmaker actor and cartoonist surprise surprise best known for his directorial debut funny pages which is the movie we're talking about today from 2022 and his performance is frank berkman in the squid and the whale interesting from 2005 so he was a kid okay so already moving in the circles with like noah baumbach and so obviously must have some kind of new york royalty in his blood <laughs> um so he was born and raised in new york city to theatre and film actor Kevin Klein and actress Phoebe Cates. Yeah, he's royalty. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> he is royalty. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Now, let's have a look. He—that's wild. Okay, he has one younger sister, Greta Klein, a musician, singer, songwriter. She probably should have went into film because she'd probably be a bit more famous than she is right now. Klein acted in his adolescence in the independent films, Anniversary Party from two thousand one. Obviously, Baumbach's good in the whale, but did not pursue a subsequent career in acting, instead remaining in junior high school. At the age of seven, Klein fell ill, and during a two-week stay in hospital, he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, of which that has no relevance to anything we're going to talk <laughs> about today. And also, no relevance or reason to be on IMDb. I don't know who put, do, Is this like community-edited IMDb? Because why the <laughs> hell would you put it in? I don't know. Isn't that so random? It's also kind of fitting for for him. Okay, how do you feel about him being Hollywood royalty?
0: It makes sense. Um, oddly enough, after I watched this movie, I needed something to cleanse my palate. So I, mm-hmm. <laughs> but for but for some reason that that palate cleansing was licorice pizza because it's on Amazon. I was like, oh yeah, I hadn't seen this. Um, since the theaters, so I started watching that, and I watched it over a couple days, really. So, um, and talk about uh, Hollywood royalty; it's all over that movie. Like every single person, kid actor, adult actor, everybody is like connected in one way or another to um, to Hollywood family, everything, you know just like kids of sort of thing. There's so many people, if you watch the credit scenes of that, of Licorice Pizza, you're like, that's that person. It's like, it's serious royalty throughout that entire thing. Nepotism. Oh yeah. Tons and tons of nepotism
1: in that movie. So... No, it does. Actually, that's it. This would be an interesting, this is it. That that is an interesting double feature to watch Funny Pages and go to Licorice Pizza, both because the coming of age stories. Um, One is very 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 specifically east coast new york centric like to its absolute core surprise surprise and then also licorice pizza is very very west coast la centric again right down to so they granted uh different time periods but they are that that makes it good a it, it, it good one too also with the whole hollywood royalty angle of it also yeah that's a that i actually really like that the only thing that funny pages is missing is it has no real romantic overtones or sub subplot or anything oh, no, no, um, no no no
0: no, not at all
1: <laughs> thankfully thankfully <laughs>
0: Thankful. i can't imagine i can't imagine how uh awkward and gross that would have been when let me ask you this funny pages what's the time period when did it take place
1: oh it's contemporary i would that's say like con- right it's now it's
0: contemporary Yeah, I would
1: say right now. I was looking for. I didn't get that.
0: I didn't get that at all because, like, absolutely no one had cell phones. There was nothing like the computer. Like when when he gets his clerical job, that computer feels like late nineties, maybe, maybe.
1: Well, hold on, we're we're jumping the gun a little bit. I'm gonna do the classic. Well, now to be institutionalized, movies last night letterboxed, movie description, plot description. (laughs) before we start going into it so funny pages is the story of new jersey's next great comic book artist and biggest dick (laughs) a teenage cartoonist rejects the comforts of his suburban life in a misguided quest for soul okay (laughs) that's a it's such a good plot description for that movie that is pretty much the plot description of the movie i like okay so you dear listener now have a rough idea of what we're talking about. So basically it's a movie about a young kid finishing up high school. He's in that gap between whether or not he's going to go to college or not. He is an amateur cartoonist working in that kind of crumb style, um, Fritz the cat style comic book world. He makes his own little like, you know, mini comic books that he sells at conventions or whatever. He works in a comic book store and he uh, is rebelling against his parents. His parents are quite wealthy from Princeton in uh, like I guess a fancy suburb of New York or whatever, and they're very much pushing for him to grow up, get a get a degree, and he obviously inspired by his art teacher, his high school art teacher, who's kind of a delinquent. He was basically inspired to be like, okay, I'm I'm going to pursue this career as a comic book artist, regardless of what my parents say, and regardless about my privileged background, I'm going to basically just do what the fuck I like, and then it's a misadventures of him setting out on his own path um, as a young man and then all the hijinks that ensue. And that's pretty much it. The movie doesn't really have, it doesn't really have like a, you know, like that thing that they have, again, showing my ignorance here, but you know, like the hero's journey in like narrative uh, filmmaking or narrative when you write a script, this movie has a hero, but he does not go on a journey. No. He goes on a journey, but it's not, it, it doesn't actually get anywhere. You know what I mean? There's no like, it's so it's, it's a little unconventionalist movie i would say if i had to think of like comparisons that you might as as a listener you might be like okay well what's it kind of like stylistically i would say it's kind of like a uh, it's almost like a safety brothers movie in which i mean that it's a very very new york like like to its core it's shot on 16 millimeter film which is super refreshing but 16 millimeter has that specific look to it where it makes everything look gritty as fuck and like really really grimy Which again is perfect for New York.
0: You know that they're, um, they're either producers or executive producers on this.
1: Oh well, yeah, we could look at that up, but probably yeah, because it, it feels a lot like they just borrowed the camera from Good Time and just started making this movie. (laughs) Like you know what I mean? Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean this, this movie looks like every movie that I watched in the early '90s.
1: Yes, it has such a vibe of that
0: foundationally it is 90s independence like the beginning of that kind of independent run that happened at that time all of these movies look like that um they were all trying to be you know John Cassavetes and just uh auteurs and the whole in the whole bit so um you you couldn't get away from it like like there's there was years and years of movies that just look like this just grainy old and uh, nothing shiny about them whatsoever
1: i would say also another movie that sprang to mind was napoleon dynamite when i watched this movie if anything both movies share this affinity for like grotesquerie and like unconventional oddball looking characters where it's like they it's like the opposite of a cw show purposefully you know so say something on like the cw where they or like standard american sitcoms where everybody's cast who's like beautiful like physically attractive it, they've done the exact opposite in this i think they've cast everybody for as weird looking as they can possibly get them like <laughs> it's a stylistic choice
0: it is it is and like every every shot of this movie is just close up shots it's so hard to look at at some points
1: <laughs> yeah it is that's a really good point yeah every, Everything is like right up on the characters' faces, like in, not in a pleasant, like it not in a pleasant way at all. It's very like intrusive is the word I'd use. It feels like it's deliberately being super intrusive, which thematically ties into some of the elements of the narrative, which we'll get into as we go on. But to answer your point, Eric, or to go back to your point that you were saying before about like when it was set, it does look that it has this very 90s aesthetic to it down to the, the cars that we see people driving. Now, I don't think it's set in the 90s at all. I think what it is is, I might be wrong on this, but I think that he's using that 90s aesthetic.
0: I just didn't get anything contemporary from it at all. Even like in in the high school setting, you know, uh, with the kids walking around, how everybody was dressed. I didn't, you just don't get that sense. I I think it, it could have been set... I mean, I don't want to say it could, it was set in the 70s, but it it had a 70s East Coast look to it, uh, like, uh, cinematically, Um, but it also had that 90s look, but it didn't, to me, it didn't look like it was anything past the 90s.
1: You don't see a cell phone, to my knowledge. You don't see, yeah, you don't see anybody on like an iPad or with like Beats headphones or anything, nothing, you know, like we put it right up today, AirPods. But that could just be the, that's the, uh,
0: those are the characters that we are following. And none of those people probably would have had, would have had those things. I think you, the only kind of look that you get at uh, a modern um, aesthetic is when he go, no spoilers, but... He he goes back home to visit his parents, and he's helping his grandfather with his television. And the television looks modern. So from that, you could say, okay, it's in the two thousands, or or it's modern, you know. But besides that, it
1: doesn't look it at all for sure. Because that TV is like a brand new Samsung TV with HDMI one, HDMI two. So it's gotta put it within the past like three or four years. That's true.
0: Yeah, that's true. But you don't get the sense of that through the end no and
1: and and that's what i mean i think that this kid well you you know yourself right now so like we're old but like all the kids that i know are all obsessed with dressing in that 90s to early 2000s style like everybody it's like it's like what's hip now for the kids you know what i mean so just like i guess in the 90s it was hip to be into like 70s culture you know what i mean in the 70s it was 50s so i think now everybody's into that like whole 90s saved by the bell kind of look because i see all these kids walking around and i'm like dude you dress like i did at high school you know what i mean what are you doing (laughs) and i think because owen klein is of this age group i think he's chose to take away a lot of like modern stuff out of the movie and not use it to try and put it in this kind of like a weird, timeless kind of space. But he drops the ball when he uses that TV, because that's the only time he actually references anything modern. So I don't know if that was a choice, but it definitely breaks the illusion of the movie. Yeah, I don't know. I'm on a roller coaster with this movie, because I would say I you can rent it right now. It's $6.99 on Apple TV. That's why I rented it. Or you can buy it for $15. After about 10 minutes of watching the movie, I was like, I should have just bought it. I don't know why I just didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> because I was kind of in love with the movie when I watched it. I couldn't take my eyes off it. I watched it in one sitting, didn't get up. I was just laying in bed, headphones on, like focused on the screen. I I literally didn't move the whole time the movie was on for anything. Didn't get a drink, didn't get up, do anything. I was transfixed by the movie and straight away I was like, oh, this is going in my top five for the year so far, easily. Easily in my top five for the year. I do feel, and I shouldn't use this against the movie, but it does feel tainted for me slightly now that I know he's Kevin Klein's son. Is that weird?
0: I don't think so because be, because uh, you just have to go with your initial impression, not because of you know who it was or or anything like that.
1: Spoiler free, Eric. Spoiler
0: free. What I thought about it.
1: Yeah, give me a review. Oh man, <laughs>
0: I watched this at um, <laughs> I watched this at night. I watched it last night. Uh, I was in bed and on my I watched it on my iPad because I knew it wasn't something that I was going to watch on my big TV <laughs> that cuz it was going to have like all this uh spectacle. I knew it was going to be I had an idea that it was going to be kind of a very personal drama. It was going to be people, you know. So whenever I, I I watch that, I'll just watch it on on my iPad and it, it's perfectly fine. Um I watched this 910 and by the time I was done with it I needed to watch something else. I I hated this movie, <laughs> but but let me let me put in let me let me tell you why. And I, I hated it not because it's a bad movie. I think it's a good movie. But I hated it for the way that it made me feel. I I felt gross watching it. I was I was It's so disgusting. Uh there it's like everybody in this movie is secreting something from all par- all parts of their body every every point in this in this movie with the exception <laughs> of the main character uh whose name I can't remember. Uh it's like Greg or something like that. Uh, but but even still him he's when he's eating he's like shoving stuff in his in his face the whole time and he's talking while he's eating. Um but it was just like, it was a feeling. So as I'm watching it, I'm just like, oh God, I can't, I don't want to see this person. Like when, the, when certain people like popped up on the screen, it was like, they're just oozing with sweat. They're just like covered in sweat. They're covered in like acne. They're covered in, uh, water coming out of their eyes. They're slobbering. It's just like, it's so gross. It's so gross. And, uh, and that whole, uh, apartment scene that you get into all i was having was um flashes of gummo the entire time and i'm like i and i had the same feeling it was like oh this feels like this feels like the bathroom scene in gummo i'm just like i'm so disgusted in watching it and then he takes a shower and then oh it's so difficult it's so difficult to watch if you're if you if you are easily kind of squirmy in that situation. And you know, I was just, I was just felt so un, uneasy, you know, uneasy as I'm watching it. Um, all that being said, it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. I, d- I don't hate it in the sense that, Oh, none of it made sense. This or that it just, it's, it's just, if you're not into subversive kind of gross comedies or gross people, weird people it's going to turn you off i i it's not this movie just isn't is not going to be for everyone um there's no likable characters in the movie whatsoever even even his friend who's kind of like in the beginning the uh maybe the heart or the soul of that character even he by the end is kind of a jerk or something that he not really, you know. Is like he's trying to keep his his friendship pure and his art pure and this whole thing. But but really, I mean, he would just sell out as fast as anybody else. Um. So it, in that sense, it's like you don't have anyone to root for in the movie because they're all just horribly flawed people. Um. The the comedy of it, I I I wasn't really funny to me. Um there were parts that I, that I kind of laughed at, you know, when he's having interactions with his parents because it's so aggressive, you know, he's, he's telling his parents to shut up the whole time and, and, and how kind of almost, uh, grossly in love he is with this guy who kind of worked at image and did, uh, color separation on, on books. Even that guy is kind of a a horrible person it's like everybody is a horrible person in this movie um but i i will say if you are i am not trying to dissuade anyone from liking the, from seeing it but i'm saying you have to be a specific uh either in a specific mood or a specific uh type of movie that you're into i think to be able to enjoy it you can't go into this thing kind of blind thinking you're going to have a good time because you're not it's not a date movie by any kind of stretch of the imagination this is a movie that you kind of seek out because you know it is going to be disturbing it's like it's like all those like early 90s movies that we mentioned before it's it's like you watched them because you wanted to say you watched a independent art house weird movie that no one else is gonna see you know it's like it's like these characters even it's like they don't look at regular comic books they look at the most underground subversive stuff that you can't get you have to go out and seek it um and it's like if you don't get it then you're not meant to get it and you're just not i'm not going to talk to you in anyway, anyway sort of deal so i don't know it's it's like it's it's like love hate with this movie. I've seen these movies before. I did. I don't know that I liked them too much back then. And I definitely was
1: unhinged when I watched it today. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We haven't really covered a lot of comedies on movies last night at all. In fact, have we covered any comedies? Uh, so I'm sure. I'm sure
0: there's. I I, I would have to look because I, I think I've logged everything that we've seen this year.
1: Kid Detective is the only one that springs to mind, and I I never posted that episode.
0: And I think a lot of the stuff that we kind of watch leans maybe more towards thriller horror,
1: I guess. I think yeah, we do kind of we definitely have a bit of a horror thing movies last night and thriller, yeah, drama, thriller, horror, but comedy not so much. But then again, I feel like comedy is such a underused, underutilized, especially in indie cinema. There's like. There's not a lot of people making indie comedies flat out, because this movie is a comedy through and through.
0: It's absurdist, definitely,
1: yeah. I was thinking the whole universe that this movie takes place in is similar to that of a different movie, but something like High Fidelity, where you have these people who work in a record store who are obsessive. So I think in any kind of subculture... When you or like fandom when you have people who are that obsessive about the thing that they're into that they start to go so far off the beaten path where it's like uh, the things that they, they they like their value is based upon their rarity or their obscurity and it becomes an obscurity and rarity uh become more valuable than actual like artistic merit or worth you know what i mean so it's like it, it becomes more about the fact that nobody else has heard this version of this band playing in Germany on some super obscure record label <laughs> to like a club where there's two people. And then that, that's, its, um, that's its value level. They, I feel like that also applies to people who are into comic books and especially like this style. in in also that kind of like those people by nature, those groups and communities are so closed off to outsiders because they want to protect the thing that they've invested in to give it more worth to themselves. They make it even more exclusive by shunning people from the outside as much as possible and making it incredibly difficult to get involved into this like circle that kind of bleeds through into this movie a little bit where I feel like you could watch this movie and just be like, uh, I have no interest in watching these fucking assholes do any of this shit. Like I've no, like, I, I don't give a fuck about any of them, but I feel like the movie, it does open up at a point where it's like, okay, just, I think if you watch it, if you approach it as this is a comedy, which it is, but if you let all of the the trappings of his style and like the stylistic choices that he makes, you can have a really good time with this movie. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. It is disgusting in parts and just like you said like but i suppose that is also that is a whole big style of those comic books too you know what i mean like the vulgarity and how like grotesque everybody looks in those uh, those drawings of people's faces and like how everything is like bodily it's all bodily like toilet humor potty humor uh which he encapsulates in this movie very very well specifically like you said where our main protagonist he is rebelling against his parents, so he moves out and he, he he gets himself an apartment. And the conditions of this apartment are
0: uh, let's put "apartment" in quotes on that. <laughs> yeah, basement <laughs> under the stairs. Yeah,
1: under the stairs. It is disgusting. Oh my
0: god! Uh, and the the character's name is Robert. So I I I had to, Robert. Yeah, okay. Robert.
1: Yeah. And you know what's funny is after watching this movie, I looked around my bedroom in my apartment. Which it by is not a fancy apartment by any great shakes, and I was like, "Yeah, I have really nice living conditions," which is hilarious. It's a palace, considering (laughs) sometimes. Yeah, no, totally. I was like, "Wow, yeah, my living conditions are pretty nice." This movie also really gave me strong flashbacks to living in the Midwest for so long and living in like in that kind of cold, because you know New York obviously has a harsh winter, um, but like you know living in Milwaukee for so long there's that kind of so after a while i think when winter rolls on that long and you start getting once you start getting and this movie's set over christmas but once you start getting into january when you live in places like that the bleakness that takes over because it's been so cold for so long and there's been no sun for so long and it's so gray that it becomes like you psychologically start to lose color from everything so everything kind of loses color so when you look at thing everything has this kind of like gray grayish monotone to everything This movie encapsulates that perfectly while you're watching it and you're like, God, that's miserable. It's miserable standing. (laughs) Like characters have to wait to take the bus and and it's and it's gray and grimy and like the 16 millimeter adds to that. So it reminded it it gave me flashbacks to, to those those periods of my life, which also made me realize that despite how hot it is here in Tennessee, like punishingly hot, at least it's sunny. (laughs) you know i think i'll i think i i I don't think i need to move back to the midwest after watching this movie i don't think i want to i love the fact that it's shot on film i noticed that immediately which again this movie feels just like eric said quintessentially 90s independent cinema it's like to its core and i love that because i've been watching so many movies recently granted beautiful movies i rewatched watcher the other day the chloe akuno akuno movie uh, it was 99 cent rental and i watched it and i on my, on my nice te- television and, it, and it's in 4k that rental and i was watching it in 4k and i was like god this movie is beautifully shot but it's so digital oh yeah, yeah so when you see a movie and it's on film and you can see the grain and you know it's film and it's like. That aesthetic is just heartwarming to me. Like I don't know. It just if it, it feels like it feels like, oh, this is independent movies. This is what indie movies are supposed to look like. Cause I've been I've been trained and we grew up on that. Um I think the performances are super strong in the movie throughout, especially by the main character who plays. Uh you said it was Daniel. Uh Robert. Robert, okay. Robert. In that actor, his real name is Daniel. Daniel Zalgardi. I thought um he's fantastic in the movie. A disgusting eater if i was his parents i would have slapped <laughs> that kid's face if i was sitting with my kid Now, obviously, I'm not condoning child abuse because I wouldn't hit my kid. I'm just joking. But if I was sitting with my kid, and even if he was 18 years old and we were sitting down at a restaurant and he was talking to me with his mouth full of food, I'd be like, shut your fucking mouth, finish your food, and then start speaking. It's disgusting.
0: (laughs) There's a a line in there that kind of made me chuckle, which was his father saying, do you think you could shove any more food in your mouth?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Um, good.
0: I was looking on Apple... uh, We we both watched it off of... We rented it off of Apple. But it's funny that it says it's HD. There's nothing HD about this
1: movie. Yeah, right. No, you might as well just... Put it on VHS because it has that total vibe. So I I love the look of the movie. I like the choice of using everything close-up framing shots and like um very yeah like I said intrusive. The whole movie feels it. The whole movie is kind of like spying on somebody while they're taking a shit. That's kind of like the level that we're dealing with here. Um, the character Wallace, who's played by Matthew Maher who you might have seen in a few things. He is a, a very distinct look. Um, he's been in a few things, but he usually plays like Chris. Crazy people are oddball characters. He's wonderful in this movie. He's a an ex-image comic book artist who Robert bumps into because Robert gets in a little bit of trouble for breaking into high school and stealing some stuff. So Yeah, without giving away too many spoilers, his performance is really good. The performance of his parents, um, Lewis and Jennifer, uh, that's Josh Pius and Maria Dizier, I believe.
0: All these, all these, all the performances. Yeah, all these people you're gonna recognize in one one fashion or another because you've seen them in other things. It's like um, because because the the director Owen Klein probably has so many connections he was probably able to pull these people in and be like, okay, you, we'll work for a day. You'll get paid, you know, or whatever, you know? And, um, he could get some names behind it, but you're not really going to, to watch this because so-and-so is in it. You're watching it for the kind of the weirdness of the story.
1: Fisher sure. And I've got a feeling that some of these people who I'm not familiar with are probably like New York, um, like whether it be stage or screen, like, royalty some of these older people who've probably been around in the industry they look they all look like industry type like indie darlings from new york circuit from like the 60s through the 70s like i'm sure all of these people have like a long track record
0: i would imagine that a few of the kind of cameos or people kind of walking through that that get a tiny bit of screen time even if it's just passerby something like that i would imagine that some of them are in the kind of independent comic comic scene that we don't know about you know cuz there were there were a few occasions where you were usually with the, with the background actors or or something like that it's just you don't really see them they walk by the, it's just filler but there were a couple shots where it was like they walked into frame you saw them it was unnecessary but as it was happening i was like i bet you he probably works in the industry in some sort of comic capacity and it's just like if you know who it is, you'd be like, oh, they showed so-and-so sort of thing. So,
1: yeah, it does, it does strike me a lot of, this is a movie made by somebody who I was obviously interested in this medium. And I, it's almost like a, a movie by him with his friends for his friend group. You know what I mean? If it's very insidery heavy, um, this movie, definitely. Um, So in short, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't know why. I just, I, I thought it was very funny. I do know why. I thought it was very funny. I I was giggling a lot throughout the movie, and and I kind of had a smile on my face. But at the same time, it's 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 nice to be kind of grossed out by something, but also to enjoy it and and, and to have fun with it. So, and it was a, a nice palate cleanser, if I'm being honest. This movie to a lot of stuff I've seen recently like a huge palette cleanser so i highly highly recommend it i don't know if it's for everybody but i for me it definitely is so far in my top five movies of the year it probably won't be in my top five at the end of the year um but in terms of like writing performance um some very subtle very clever comedy there's some very clever writing in this movie which we'll get into when we talk about this a little bit some but some some parts specifically i think are really great um just all in all great and like i i think this movie might get a little buried and you might not i think in a few weeks time nobody's even going to be talking about i don't think anybody's even talking about this movie right now but like i think it's it's probably one of the better movies a24's put out this year uh, by a long shot i think it's significantly better than and more effective than something like bodies 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 i think uh i'd like to see a24 do more stuff like this and like do uh, like Take advantage of this this because i i don't want them to just end up being this kind of prestige indie drop which they are but i i think that it's really refreshing when i see something like this i'm like oh this this feels like what i want a24 to be where they're putting out like you know i mean taking a shot on any kind of style like any kind of director but like as long as it's a unique and, and fresh voice you know
0: i mean i could totally get behind that it's just this movie just wasn't for me you know
1: yeah i'm very i was very curious actually to see what you (laughs) thought of it um especially because it was a comedy okay so we're going to skip ahead when we come back we'll be talking spoilers we're probably not going to talk too much about it because narratively i think usually eric and i we like to pull apart like the motivations of that's what we like to talk about what's this character's motivation where were they going with this what were they thinking about but there's not too much of that with this movie because it's kind of it's a short movie but when we come back anyway we'll go a little bit more spoilers and uh, wrap things up so thanks for sticking around
0: Welcome back. Um, So, uh, this is spoilers. So, go and watch it and then come back. I hope you have. And if if you have watched it and and you're at this point, I hope you have taken a shower. You feel okay. You uh, (laughs) are in your comfort blanket and have a nice cup of tea, maybe a coffee, maybe a (laughs) soda, whatever it is, (laughs) Uh, whatever's going to make you happy and calm and clean so Scott spoilers uh good Lord, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where do you start where do you yeah, where do you start in this I mean, uh, so from the beginning, I didn't realize that the character was in high school, so i I just thought he was either at, at like the a freshman stage of college or um. Or he was working in an art studio or something like that because you just get it right off the bat where this uh, mentor teacher is really telling him how he enjoys his art, and I think that's because they're they're kind of they're coming from the same place uh his his mentor, his teacher is telling him, okay, if you go to if you go to college, which that kind of gives it away right there, if you go to college, they're just gonna suck the soul right out of you and you're gonna end up drawing doing figure drawings and doing stuff that's completely not personal. And instead you should forget that and just focus in on what you're focusing in on, which is like the subversive uh underground comic scene. And you get it right away where where it's like they're looking at these different uh, underground comics and it's like, oh, look at how he draws the butthole and stuff like, that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, the character of, of Robert is like, well, you know, I kind of like drawing, you know, figure drawing and stuff like that. And that's part of the portfolio. And that's just what I'm going to have to do. And then his his mentors is like, oh, yeah, you like drawing the figure and he jumps up on a desk and takes all his clothes off. And this guy is not a uh David S sculpture of a human being. <laughs> he is a
1: very if you melted David, yeah. <laughs>
0: he's a very large man, and if you're not ready for it, then you're gonna get it right away. Um <laughs> it is so it's so like oddly uh inappropriate once you kind of realize where they're at and what they're uh the setting that they're in. Um and I think that that teacher would probably be arrested like immediately if anybody found out about this. <laughs> I don't know. Give me your impressions of like how it how it started.
1: Well, I think that it. Yeah, I think it really. You like the movie makes its mission statement or like its. It, it stakes its claim on what kind of a movie it's going to be within the first 10 minutes. Exactly. Like you said, like it starts by showing those two um, going over, like he's reviewing his work. He's like, Oh, this is really good. This is good. Like, I, I like where you going with this. But then when you actually start seeing the, the, the artwork that he's talking about, it's basically just dicks and like buttholes and like boobs <laughs> yeah. and like all of that kind of stuff. So oh, immediately, okay, this is the kind of comic books that they're going to be talking about. And then it it just keeps ramping itself up. So yeah, he uh, he volunteers to do um the nude modeling for him, and 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 immediately like you're like, oh okay, this is going to be gross out kind of stuff. Okay, we're going for that angle. The guy has like a hernia that sticks out of his stomach. It's like a big distended bulb that he, he keeps he keeps playing with. And like so like you're like, okay, okay, now I know what's going on with the movie. So at that point, I decided I was like, okay, I'm on board with it. Like that's fine if that's what they're doing. That's fine. Um, that would be a good time to get out though. If you're squeamish about like shit like that, this is a good time to get out.
0: It doesn't get better. It doesn't get yeah, better. It doesn't from... get any better. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and then when, as I, then immediately after that, you're right though. I mean, like. It's a teacher, which is hilarious. Also, a pretty cool dude, though. Like I must admit, like that's the kind of art teacher you want—somebody who's like, I mean, you don't. Yeah, you. Yeah, you do
0: and you don't, sort of thing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you do and you don't. But a really cool guy and like a really cool mentor for this kid. And then immediately after that, Daniel leaves and he's walking. Uh, sorry, um, Robert. what's his name? Robert, my bad. Robert leaves and he has to go to work. And so his teacher starts following him down the street and say, Hey, do you want to ride? It's really cold. Is everything okay? Did I weird you up by getting naked? And Robert doesn't give a fuck. He's like, no, no, it's fine. I don't mind the walk. And then boom, car hits teacher. Teacher dies. And then straight away you're like, oh, okay. That's a little weird. Tonally, that's a little weird. You knew all bets were off with this movie going forward. Which, to be fair, because that happened earlier in the movie, in the way it was handled, that excited me a bit. Because I was like, I don't know where this movie's going to go. I don't know. Like, you could have ended this movie in the climactic battle between Wallace and Robert, like their butting of heads, and like the the dysfunction that goes on at that family Christmas. He could have killed that whole family. Yeah. <laughs> because he's a psychopath and, yeah. and it wouldn't feel out of realms of what this universe is like, you know what I mean? So I like, I like movies that do that. I like movies that kind of like pull the rug away from me and go, okay, there's kind of no rules right now. So that keeps you kind of on your toes. It's it. like
0: every character in there is completely unhinged one way or another with the exception, I will say with the exception of the comic book store owner who seems very kind of even keeled he's on everyone's side for the most part. He, when his friend, uh, brings in his new comic that he created, the, the comic book store owner is very, um, he's encouraging. He's very encouraging. He's like, Oh yeah, good. Like, yeah, yeah. Keep doing this. It's good. You know, I'll give you like five bucks or something like that for like, uh, how many ever. And, but then Robert is like, Oh, you're just copying this, this, or this. I mean, Robert kind of goes down this very uh, judgmental um, road, very kind of almost not destructive, but because he doesn't see this, this, he doesn't see the destructive nature of the things that he's doing. And I will say this: what I did like about uh, the character and the movie is, no matter what, Robert is always, in a way, optimistic about. His, um, the choices that he's made and how everything is playing out in his life. Even when, you know, it's kind of impossible for him to succeed, you know, that as an audience member, uh, it doesn't get him down. Right. Like, like when he, when he gets that clerical job and he, then he gets paid at the, (laughs) what, what I'm assuming is the end of the week. So he gets paid weekly. And so at first you know that his apartment his oh my god the that, that that apartment under the stairs is $300 a month or whatever it is his paycheck is $60 a week and you could do the math you know you can't make it so
1: <laughs> and i love his face when he opens up the oh, check yeah. and reads like, the $63 oh,
0: wow that's amazing. Yeah. It's it's like it's like someone wrote him a check for a thousand dollars. He's like, I've never seen this much money before, sort of thing,
1: which is wild because his parents are crazy wealthy.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it, it it is, it's that attitude throughout the entire thing. Even when he goes and and looks at that apartment for the first time, there's nothing. There's no alarms that go off in this kid's head at all. You know, he's like, oh, this is great. This is great. Where am I going to be sleeping? Oh, you're sharing a room with this guy in this little dank closet area. And he's like, Oh, okay. Do I get my own? Like, do we share a bed? Is there like a separate mattress? Like that whole thing. It's like you get this little section of the, of this area. He's like, Oh man, that's great. Can I stay tonight sort of deal? And it's like, No, you should, you should run. You should run right now. (laughs) You know, the, the entire, it's like, all the decisions that every single one of every character in this movie makes is just like alarms going off the entire time and that's how i watched it you know the entire time like why are you people making these decisions sort of sort of thing so
1: it keeps you it, it almost keeps you in a state of anxiety
0: the it, movie at 100% kind of like the same way that good time when you watch good time exactly. or when you watched uh, uncut gems your tension is at an all-time high throughout the entire thing. You're just like, just let me breathe for a second, sort of thing. And then it's, I'm so happy that there wasn't like a kitchen cooking scene in this movie. I would have turned it oh, off immediately. God.
1: Yeah, I'm pleased that they kind of stayed away from food. Oh,
0: man. But the, I mean, they didn't stray too far. You, I mean, you get that shower scene where he's just happy to be showering and, and just like, Oh, I don't even know. I don't even sewage kn- water. I don't even know. You know, and then they're in that, and then they're in there, and they're just everybody sweating to death, and they're all cramped together watching a movie on a laptop. You know, not to mention what happens later. It's so, it's so difficult. It's so difficult.
1: I love what you said about him because that is 100% true. Like he, that his optimism to going into things in like how he sees everything as an adventure and like everything is like, okay, this is going to be really great. Like that's really refreshing. And and without that, this movie doesn't play. But because of that, he kind of keeps, he kept me motivated because I was kind of like, I was loving the fact that he was so happy to be doing the thing he was doing. There
0: was nothing that like disparaged him at all. You know, even when he got that, uh, even when he got the clerical job, he was like, oh, it's a great job. It's a cool job. You know, he didn't, he didn't care, you know, even when, when he's like seeing these other lawyers, he's like, oh yeah, you know, it's like, I I like my job, you know, or I, I I like working for her because the, the, the public uh, attorney that helped him get off from the, from the breaking and entering sort of thing, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, she's cool. It's what, it's whatever, you know, he doesn't, the only person that kind of gets his ire is his friend. And I don't I don't understand why.
1: Yeah, that is weird because he's very mean spirited. He's very mean spirited, yeah. And like I can't mention his name, but he his friend reminds me a lot of a guy that I used to work with with you. I'll tell you off air, but it's hilarious when I'll say his name, you'll be like, Oh my god, that's totally him. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and, and that's really mean-spirited. But you're right, as the movie goes on, you start seeing his friend for not being that the hapless, helpless, lovable kind of dorky kid in him being a little more creepy and a little slimier and a little bit more like and he's actually kind of annoying by the end his friend he ends up with a terrific scream and then a a a pen shoved in his head
0: i thought he was gonna get killed i thought he was gonna die i was like because he, he when they when they when he goes over to his house and i assume they're they're probably from the same neighborhood because he lives like right down the street from him um and it's Christmas time, and they come back, and he's in all white. I'm like, if something goes wrong, that kid right there is gonna end up covered in blood or something, because it's like no one else is dressed in all white, and that could only mean one thing, you know. with With like the the tone that this movie is set, it's it's gonna be gross, whatever happens. And you, lo and behold, you know, he gets a massive head wound, so.
1: Which I thought was hilarious. I thought his scream was really funny too. (laughs) But yeah, at at that end part though, I thought he he could have went postal and started trying to kill everybody. So I'm pleased that the movie didn't end on something shocking like that for the sake of it even though we know that the the rules have been set in this universe where we're like anything could happen i'm pleased that that it didn't go down that road the ending's interesting though so what do you really make of the ending because like i said at the beginning of the episode robert doesn't robert does go on a journey of self-discovery and learning but i don't think he actually really learns anything i don't think he's actually i don't think he grows i think he's just kind of still is kind of selfish and is stupid and is and as lost as he is at the beginning of the movie, at the end of the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, he's going to, his life, tra- I, I would assume his life trajectory is going to be working in that comic book store until he's a very old man. That's kind of what I get, you know? There's no, there's no uh, forward momentum with that character. He is happy doing what he does and loving it. it Cause, cause it's interesting. Like when he's drawing and uh, doing what he loves to do, you can see the joy that in his face, like he's happy, he's happy, he's engaged. He is, uh, It. it is his world, you know, and that comes across very well in the movie. They, they show that very well. Um, so, you know, that if, anything else in his life kind of goes awry, he could sit down with a, a pen and a pad, start drawing, and it's going to like reset everything. And I appreciated that kind of part of the movie where it's like, okay, it's not that it's just a pipe dream or anything like that. It is kind of the, the core of his life. It's his center sort of thing. But besides that, it's everything else in his life is just going to be pure chaos.
1: I I think that's true. I do like that, too, as somebody who is creative and somebody who, you know, like did have a dream when I was younger and and I I would like pursue my dream at like any cost, kind of. I don't think I was as uh, psychotic with it as as Robert is. (laughs) But I would definitely like, you know, push for that and, that. and and I I like to see that. I like to see the creative process. And, and, and ultimately we're talking about somebody who's actually really talented too. So like, it's not like, it's not like we're just like this kid hasn't got a fucking clue. Like this kid is clearly good at what he does, but I feel like for somebody like him, in his situation, he could easily go to college, keep doing this on the side, and he could probably be work out pretty successful. You know what I mean? And like, I think
0: so. Yeah.
1: Just look at Owen Klein. Yeah. You know, He's got <laughs> wealthy parents. He could get a good education, then he could just do this on the side and stumble into being successful.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it, it would just make perf- perfect sense uh, of him just going to school, doing what they tell him to do, refining his skill, and probably within the next twenty years or so, he'll be working in a job that he wants to work in or, or, or an industry that he is interested in working in because it's not, it's not like when he meets Wallace for the first time, he is, he is like, Oh, he worked for image. He did superhero comics. How lame sort of thing. He was like mesmerized. He was like, wow, you really, you, you did it. You know, how do I get there sort of thing? So, so in that sense, the character isn't a purist entirely.
1: No, he just has a reverence for like the art in general. And it's nice that he, yeah, you're right. It's nice that he wasn't like, oh, I, I'm only into like indie shit. Like he was like super impressed by the image. And like also when Wallace shows him his work, I believe his name is Wallace. Anyway, I'm calling him Wallace. When Wallace shows him his work, he's genuinely like, wow, this is really good. This is like really, really good. You know what I mean? How much of this movie do you think is biographical for?
0: I, d- I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think much.
1: I think more than we think though. I mean, I don't think like specific events or characters, but in terms of like, I'm sure as Owen Klein was into like, it is into comics and drawing and stuff. I'm sure. I don't know. I would like to read an interview or like watch an interview with them. There's very little promotional material that I can find on this movie uh, without going on too much of a a deep dive, which I didn't have time to, but like, I would be interested because I feel like he's wrote a lot of it. The the main, like the actor who chose to play Robert looks just like him too. They look very similar, almost with a few years difference. I would say he looks like his big brother. You know what I mean? So I definitely feel like there's, there's, there's probably a lot and his parents. So Robert's relationships with his parents, I'm guessing is pulled from his relationship with his parents. It has to be.
0: I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's probably definitely coming from privilege to a certain degree, could pursue what he wanted to pursue, uh, similar to um, Robert's character. It's just, you just have to be a little bit of hyper-focused when it comes to what you need to kind of get to those goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure there's, it, there's probably a bit of, uh, uh, autobiography in there somewhere. I just, w- with a movie like this, you, you have to really kind of tap in or know the subject that you're talking about, I guess. And, uh. Um, yeah. In which
1: he clearly does. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's a, the, like the movie itself has a reverence for these, this art too, like, which is, is, is really cool. I, I'm interested though, because this is his first feature length movie, I believe. Now I'm interested to see where, where, where he goes next from this, because it, this might be an, a hard movie because I, who did um Napoleon Dynamite? Can you remember the director of Napoleon Dynamite?
0: I can picture him in my head. I cannot think of his name right now.
1: One of the first links when you type in uh, Napoleon Dynamite into Chrome, you know, it'll bring up IMDb for the movie, and then it goes, people also ask. what The, the number one question is, does Napoleon Dynamite have autism? <laughs> it's like the number one question, oh on God. <laughs> oh, the world's a mess. Jared Hess. Yeah, okay, Okay. Yeah, yeah. now let's have a look, see what he did.
0: I think after that point, he just did a lot of acting. I don't know how much directing he did. I don't know.
1: Here's his uh, filmography. So after Napoleon Dynamite, a... Did some music videos, but it was Natural Libre, which is right in the Napoleon Dynamite canon. Gentlemen Broncos, right in that. More music videos. A movie called Masterminds with Zach Galifianakis, another goofy comedy with goofy people. Then some TV stuff, and then he has some kids stuff coming up, and... Oh, that's hilarious! He's doing the you know Shanghai Noon and then Shanghai Nights. He's doing the new one, Shanghai Dawn: The Continuing Adventures of Former Chinese Imperial God Chon Wang and American <laughs> Bandit Royal Bannon. That is hilarious. He's doing the making a third one. Jackie Chan's too old. <laughs> He's too old. Anyway, um, case in point, he kind of just doubled down to lesser to lesser success what made it work on his first movie. So natural Libre, I would say is not as good as Napoleon dynamite. And then John Broncos as it goes on and on. I thought I was thinking about on Klein. I was like, what does he do next? And does he change stylistically? Is he going to adapt and change? Because I think he's talented.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is what I think. And that is, um, if he follows, uh, if he continues to, to direct or storytell or write or anything like that, it can be done. And, and, what kind of gives me hope in that way, because he's definitely talented and he, he has an eye for storytelling um, is you, you follow the path of the safties, right? They, they hold on to an independent kind of idea, an independent vibe, but they build on it and they successfully build on it. Um, And you kind of you keep that storytelling storytelling going, and you hone that kind of eye for everything, and you can be both kind of working within kind of your with your contemporaries in in that kind of storytelling style, uh, but also maintaining your uh, independent foundations too. And I think they have done a very successful job with that. So anybody who is who wants to stay on that path, the, they should look to uh, the Safety brothers to really model a blueprint on how you do it. Because he can continue making movies like this, but it, it, similar to the comic books that their characters are talking about, those are the only people who are going to watch this, Right movies like this you know it's a very it's a niche kind of style or, or something like that but if you want to kind of break out and, and maybe get a wider audience to to look at your stuff I think the blueprint is the Safdies.
1: I'd like to see him keep his biting edge I'd like to see him if he does keep making comedies i like to see him still make comedies that are anxiety inducing like this and, and feel kind of lawless and rule breaking as a as a form format i would like to see him keep that kind of like punk rock spirit but i would like to see him grow and in like i i don't want to see this movie again in two years time but with like even grosser characters or yeah. like <laughs> i i want to you know what i mean cuz i think he's, he's 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 has a flair for like dramatic tension and like a lot of the choices involved in this movie like this soundtrack's very very good i think the soundtrack choices Excellent actually for this movie. It makes sense with this movie. Yeah. Yeah, he has a voice and. In- i I'm obviously not in a position to tell a director how to to, to make his next movie because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just thinking as like somebody as a fan, as like an early fan of Owen Klein now, and somebody who's gonna be eagerly anticipating what he does next. I think as somebody who's watched a lot of people who make these kind of movies or watched a lot of these kind of movies, I just don't want him to Farrelly brothers himself. You know what I mean? I don't want it to become like the, his shtick is only that. Like it would be nice to see him grow and do something like push himself a little bit outside of the the constraints anyway if you're listening on Klein, you don't have to listen to me you don't I, like but you know what i mean <laughs> just saying as a fan that's what i'd like to see <laughs> highly recommend for me eric so you're kind of like only recommend if you have a strong stomach <laughs>
0: only re- oh, only recommend if you know what you're getting into i would not want anyone to go into this movie blind and not being ready for it
1: Okay, well, I'm going to have to pull the plug on today's episode because yeah. I have to run to work. Um, So a, a shorter one, but hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Eric, real quick, before I head out, any recommendations? Have you ca- caught anything recently that you would like to pass on?
0: Um, I haven't been watching. I mean, the only thing that I, I've rewatched Licorice Pizza. Obviously, I watched this. Um, I started to watch that movie. I think it's called why oh, i forget what is it starman stars it's something it's it's like a biopic on uh david bowie um and it's on hulu uh, i started watching it i i stopped it um just because i was tired but i also kind of wanted i wanted to watch it because the uh the imax david bowie movie is coming out soon and i, I kind of wanted a bit of a primer uh, going into it um I'll, I'll probably get back to that uh other than that i I haven't sat down with anything i might sit down today and and try and catch something
1: okay i gotta go i gotta scramble um (laughs) have a great morning eric i'll catch you later and thank you everybody peace